step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in America and to all the folks around the world. This is AJC Radio bringing the message of justice all around the world. And tonight, folks, hang on to your seats because tonight we deal with an issue that we are going to address regarding federal judge Christine Arguello, racial disparities on every side. Tonight, we take a look on, into a case where the judge did exactly the opposite in the RP6 case, and lives were actually lost, and she gave a sentence that is deplorable. We're going to visit that here in a moment. Folks, 
This is AJC Radio. Hang on as we get ready for takeoff. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening to you. I am Lamont Banks along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and Dennis Merritt. And uh, welcome in tonight, as we said moments ago. We're so glad that you're taking time with us. Before we go any further, uh, Lisa, the disclaimer, please. Yes, we'd just like to remind everyone that we are not attorneys and that a just cause does not provide any legal advice. You want to contact your personal legal advisor for your legal needs. Also, the opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause or AJC Radio. And as always, we want to thank you for tuning in and choosing to spend time with us this evening. And thank you for that, Lisa. And uh, folks, uh, make no mistake about it tonight. We deal with an issue uh, that was brought to our attention last evening regarding a Dr. Sam Janaya uh, in regards to a sentence that came down from federal uh, U.S. District Judge Christine Arguello. Uh, you may know her on this program in regards to uh, the IRP-6 case. And I'll tell you right now, folks, uh, and excuse me, the, that, is, that is Dr. Sam Jahani, excuse me on there that, and the correction on that. Uh, and I'll tell you what, folks, and we're going to dig into this. Uh, this federal judge uh, who took it upon herself to sentence the IRP-6 7 to 11 years for debt. Uh, sentenced this doctor, who apparently was facing life in prison, uh, and in this particular case, he did some things that were definitely wrong, over-prescribed pain medication. Four people died as a result of the negligence and the, intended, the intent of this doctor to do what he did. Not only that, he fraudulently was able to steal over $3.2 million dollars uh, of money uh, as a result of his actions and his fraudulent uh, and misleading behavior, uh, the judge sentences this man to a year in prison, but minus six months that will be home confinement. No fine, no restitution, but we have four people in the grave as a result of this doctor's actions. This is unbelievable. We're going to dig into that, folks, as we get going here tonight. Cliff, Lisa, Dennis, uh, your thoughts on this type of activity with this judge? It demands an investigation now. Well, you look at it and you see that, okay, there's some things that you say, well, maybe the judge used their discretion or maybe there was another case that uh, gave the judge some reason to do this, but doing a little research and checking on other cases where other doctors were brought up on charges that because basically what this was about was uh was was basically saying that you that a doctor dispensed a drug that resulted in death when we look at other cases right. uh the one most notable as uh, in in an article that we have is there was a case in 2010 in Kansas with a physician named Steve Schneider and his wife, who was nurse Linda Schneider, they were found guilty of a variety of charges, including four counts, just like in this case, four people died. They were found guilty, four counts of unlawful distribution of controlled substances resulting in the death of patients. What was their sentence? No, it wasn't six months. It wasn't a year. 
the doctor himself got 30 years in prison and his wife got 33 years. Now, when you're you're talking about if you don't want to call it murder, call it wrongful death. I call it murder. You did something that caused another person to die and you did it knowingly, knowing that it was against the law, knowing it could cause them harm. I call Dr. Jahani and Dr. Peeper, I call them murderers. This sentence of 30 years and 33 years, that's a viable sentence. For you know you went out to do something wrong. Six months and then you go home and say you get six months home confinement. How does that bring justice to the family? It doesn't. Uh, of the of the to the loved ones of these people who die, and how does a judge take it upon themselves, Judge Christine Arguello, to say I'm going to make the decision about what they're sentencing? Now, this speaks volumes to why America needs sentencing reform. You look at the minimum the uh, minimum required sentence for this crime. She didn't even give them the minimum. How does that make? any type well, of sense at all. Well, on the plea agreement, this is what's sick. The plea agreement stated two years. Two years. She did not stick to that. The she plea didn't. agreement, she said, no, there are circumstances here where I didn't feel like that much prison time was warranted. You need to be taken off the bench. No doubt. There's, there's no other way to put that. How, how do we justify these actions by this judge? It goes to the bias of this judge. It goes to the God complex of this judge, of who that she can do whatever she wants to do. Tonight we're going to be joined by John Moore. His mother was a victim of the crime crimes of this doctor. Of this doctor, Dennis, your thoughts? Oh, it's just it's, it's crazy. And I'm, I'm looking at an article by Charles uh, Ashby uh, from the, the uh, Denver, uh, the Daily Sentinel. And he says that the, the district judge, uh, Christine Arguello, declined to find the doctor or order him to pay restitution. She also cut in half the time he is to spend in probation. And then what she said, the reason why she did this, because uh, she didn't believe that she could actually get a prosecution if she would have took it all the way. No. And, Go ahead, Dennis. And, and that's, 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 that's wrong. There's no way. This is what you call judicial misconduct. It's called favoritism. It's called I got power. I can do whatever I want to do. I can give this one seven to eleven, and I can give this one six months at home. It, do, it doesn't Ridiculous. make any sense, Dennis. And to that thought, uh, the bottom line is is that I mean, was it Christmas time? Did the did the judge feel like she needed to hand out some gifts? Because that's exactly what she did, folks. And I'll tell you right now. When you go against the prosecutor, even at a minimum, they're asking for two years in the plea agreement. How d- I've never, in my experience, and the people I have talked to, ever experienced that much of a drastic uh, set-aside, if you will, of sentencing on a plea. You were facing life in prison. How do we come and, from life to six months? And, and uh, Lamont, it's not just life. You look at the the uh, the the indictment, how it reads, and the number of count. They were looking at life for each count uh. of of the of the medical fraud. Each count they were looking at life. So you're talking about oh he had three counts of healthcare fraud. So he was looking at life for each of those. So that three life been, sentences. That should have been three life sentences. 
uh, for health care fraud resulting in death and up to 10 years in prison for two counts of health care fraud. So you're talking about three life sentences plus another 20 years. How does that get cut well, down to six? Well, what do you do about in uh, uh, the uh, manslaughter charge? Exactly. You're talking about four counts of manslaughter that resulted in death. Wow. So, ladies and gentlemen, they were, they were not going to see the light of day. Never. Ever. Based upon what they call guidelines, and the judge said, I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. I, I, I th- and, and her statement, what really gets you, is she makes a statement that says she thinks that the expert witness that the, uh, that the defense was going to bring on, that he would have basically dismantled the prosecutor's case. That is full of crap. Because you, you, look, at, you look at cases, the IRP6 case, case in point, where Judge Arguello, the expert witness, got on the stand. She took him off. So you're not going to be allowed to testify. I'm just not going to have it in my courtroom. So now you're saying that an expert witness was going to dismantle the entire case? I don't care if the expert witness would have came in and said, okay, everybody uh, who had an issue in this case, they were addicted to other drugs. How do you get past medic- uh, medical health care fraud? How do you get past... Uh, how do you get past that piece? Well, here's the problem. The folks that don't understand the, the process of law and due process, if you will. If the judge says, I don't believe a conviction could have been secured. So here's the difference. The preliminary hearing of a trial prior to trial is brought before a judge to determine if there is sufficient evidence to go forward to trial. Right. Number one. Therefore, the judge, based upon her own words, is a contradiction. That's right. Because you, then, if, if there's no chance of a conviction, there is no plea deal. Exactly. Yeah, where'd the plea come from? The <laughs> plea then you should be innocent. <laughs> That's the bottom line. So it, it raises question on the integrity of the process. If there is not sufficient evidence, uh, Judge Christine Arguello, you would have dismissed the charges and thrown out the case. We, we don't have sufficient evidence to proceed f- forward exactly. to trial. You proceeded forward to trial. Because you had enough. You made that decision because there was sufficient evidence to support going beyond the preliminary hearing. That is the law. You made that decision. How then do you come back, take a plea, and you still don't honor the prosecution's request for a minimum of two years, and you cut that in half? There is a problem. There is a situation here that thinks all the way as high as it can go. Something's not right here. But as I said before, Cliff Lisa, they prey upon the ignorance of the public not to know the law. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly what's happening here. Lisa, your thoughts on this type of action uh, and behavior? Well, you know, Lamont, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, we hear all this talk about how they need to give the judges more discretion so that they're not forced to impose these harsh sentences on people and we can not have so much overcrowding in the prisons because the judges are forced to do this. That sounds to me like a load of crap. When you look at this kind of story, this judge, I mean, look at, I mean, you look at the differences between the IRP6 case and what she did in this case. Yeah, this lady does whatever she wants to do. It's got nothing to do with what she's forced to do. She's not forced to do nothing. This crooked lady does whatever she feels like she wants to do. Whatever she gets paid to do, whatever whatever road she thinks she want to take, that's what she does. Well, has nothing to do with what her her power is as a judge. She takes it. Oh, without and, question. And, and the, the in that article that you uh, that you talked about by uh, Charles Ashby, 
uh, Dennis. Look what look what Judge Arquill says now. <laughs> this is about to make you sick. So everybody out there listening, get your get your bar fags ready. Quote: The judge said Jahani and his family had gone through a harrowing experience over the past seven years since the case began, saying he has done everything asked of him by the court since. He just wants to put an end to all this, said Arguello, who declined to allow victims or their families wow. to address the court, but did receive letters from them. And get this, I want to be as fair as possible to Mr. Jahani, but I also know that I have an obligation to the public and to society to protect them from further harm. So you put a murderer She's not and, protecting a, and, anybody. Wow. and a medical fraud expert. This is what the, the pharmacist said. They could not keep in stock the narcotics such as oxycodone because of the demand by Jahani and Peeper's patients. This man, they prescribed so many narcotic drugs that the pharmacist could not even keep them in stock. And you say, I want to be as fair as possible. There is no fair for this man. He should be locked up. And then you say, in six months, you're going to get out of federal prison, which you know he's going to a, uh, a strawberry shortcake camp. He's going to get out, and then he's on home confinement for six years. Wow. Six months. Six months. Uh, I'm sorry, but this is insane. How does a judge form her lips to say, I want to be as fair as possible? Where is the fairness for the people that you put in prison wrongfully? Where is the fairness for the families of those who've been wrongfully convicted and passed through your court, Judge Christine Arguello? This is a judge gone rogue. Gone insane. That's what it is. Judge gone rogue. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. As you know, regardless of what the temperature may be outside in your area, uh, I'll tell you what, it's going to get hot in here tonight as we get ready to uncover the corruption and the pattern of abuse by this federal judge, Christine Arguello. And it is a disgrace as we as a country are at the road of decision. These are answers that we must find. And this is an obligation of AJC Radio to expose this corruption. And I'll tell you right now, folks, you want to get in on this conversation tonight, pick up your phone, dial 347-838-8976. That's 347-838-8976. We would like to hear from you tonight on this issue. And, uh, folks, unless we start talking and getting involved in conversation, this type of nonsense and horrific uh, demonstration of the law is going to continue. Again, that number is 347 347- 838-8976. Let your voice be heard tonight. And to all our friends across in America, we welcome you to this program. We send a special shout-out to our friends in Australia uh, and also the U.K. And whether you're in China, the U.K., Australia, Poland, wherever you're listening tonight, you are a welcome friend to AJC Radio, and your voice means a lot. So, folks, join in in the conversation. We're going to ask you tonight as well is to go to change.org. A couple petitions out there, Lisa. Uh, I'd like to tell the folks about Renee Lima Marin. Yes. Uh, this gentleman was actually uh, went to prison uh, for a crime when he was he committed when he was 19 years old. Uh, his attorney came down and told him he would only have to do 16 years. Uh, they paroled him in 10. Uh, he complied with parole, did everything that they asked him to do. He waited until he was off of parole and then got married, started a family, bought a house, and maintain employment. He was the really the example of what you can do in making it once you've had a bad situation happen in your life. The prosecutor, uh, actually, who became a judge, 
went to search him out on the internet or wherever to see if he was still locked up. Found out that he had paroled and ordered him back to prison. Said there was a clerical error of some sort, uh, and that he needed to go back to prison and do a, do the complete 98 year sentence that he was sentenced to. We're going to ask you to go to change.org, uh, and you will find that uh, uh, petition there. For again, Renee Lima Marin, just type that in, and the the uh, petition will come up. Uh, and please sign that as as they are trying to put their lives back together and do what is necessary. Also. Go to change.org. There is a petition out there for the RP6 asking President Obama to grant clemency to these men, these patriots of America, who were wrongfully convicted and done a huge injustice by the hand of, of Judge uh, that we're talking about tonight, Christine Arguello, and the prosecutor, uh, John Walsh, and I believe uh, uh, Matthew, Matthew Kirsch. Kirsch Anita Hazra. There you go, Lisa. We appreciate that. Folks, you may want to, I know it's not proper. But you may want to break out some ice water or some ice drinks, because I guarantee you right now, coffee's not going to do it tonight. We're getting ready to heat up here on AJC Radio as we expose corruption of a judge that sits on the bench here in the USA. Stand by, folks. We're coming right back. This is AJC Radio, bringing the message of justice all around the world. game. And what we have learned is that business actually is war. When they wanted people to sign non-disclosure agreements and all that kind of stuff, sometimes they didn't want to do it. It's strange to me. I think it's still strange. It just absolutely makes no sense. Is this really real? Is this happening? And, and then all of a sudden your whole life is ripped apart. What we have learned is that the RP6 story was supposed to be the American dream is an American nightmare. They were floored that uh, they were even being raided. Um, uh, it became very clear that the court-appointed attorneys were not working for the guys. Um, and it seemed like in many cases that they were um, collaborating or working with the prosecution. We constantly hear in the news, every week you're going to hear about another person wrongfully convicted. And this is a unique case in the sense that you have six men, six businessmen that have been wrongfully convicted. You would think the media would jump all over it. Justice is not fair anymore. They say justice is supposed to be blind. It's not blind. It's not blind. They pick and choose who they want to convict and who they want to send to Is this happening in America? The American dream of the RP6 has turned into a nightmare, crying children left behind as a result of a corrupt system and corruption. We will seek and search for justice. We will ask the tough questions. We will demand answers as justice lays idle in the streets of America. We look for the answer. Ladies and gentlemen, go out to change.org, sign the petition now. America's future depends on it.
over a million people are sitting in the prisons of America for nonviolent offenses. That's why I'm asking you to join the American Civil Liberties Union and help us in the fight to end mass incarceration. We spend over $80 billion a year incarcerating people. Alternatives to prison, like community service, drug treatment, and rehabilitation, costs less and can turn lives around. It's time for fair justice. It's time for smart justice. And we need your help. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. And I'll tell you right now, folks, I'm Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and Dennis Merritt. And we are dealing with an issue tonight that is an abuse of power on a level that is going to be, it really seems to be unprecedented. Uh, these are things that, that none, nothing, about what we've, nothing about what we have talked about tonight in regards to federal judge Christine Arguello, and the sentencing of this doctor, who was responsible for the loss of life of four individuals that lost their lives as a result of the conduct of, uh, of this doctor, uh, and the judge who was set in a position to administer justice failed, not only this time, but she failed in the RP6 case. This is a pattern of abuse, Cliff, that we are dealing with in regard to... Uh, Federal Judge Christine O'Gwale. And what is so crazy is that every every other example that you see, and, and I mean, we got, like I said, the, the case in Kansas. You have several cases in California that these doctors are getting, uh, they are getting sentenced to years in prison. One doctor was convicted of murder for the uh, patient's that that uh that died sure. under her care on uh, prescribing these drugs causing death. I mean, she got a life sentence for for murder. Then you have other doctors who got 30 and 20 years for basically the same thing. But what is insane about this case is that even if you take the deaths off, where is the time that these doctors should have spent in prison? For the fraud against the uh, against the medical claim system, that is a part that you say, okay, Christine Arguello, you're supposed to be a judge. You're saying that uh, you you want to be fair, but we know that you're lying there because you give you give the most outrageous soft sentence you ever seen. I mean, it it leaves you speechless because you have to think about. The families of these people that are left behind. Now, they're thinking they're going to get justice once they find out these doctors had been arrested in 2011. These doctors had, uh, you know, gone, gone, been indicted, said, yes, they are, they are guilty. Then they plead guilty. And you're thinking, okay, finally, we're going to get some type of justice. And the judge is the one that rips 
the justice away from these four. And I have never heard of a judge not allowing a victim statement. That is in any proceedings that I don't care how light, what the thing you have it. That is procedure and protocol. And um, I'll tell you right now, folks, this is this is something that will make you completely sick, to be honest with you. And my heart uh, goes out uh, to the families uh, that have lost uh, their loved ones, that have dealt with all the things that they have dealt with. And it, it is, un- Dennis, as you as you think about this, the families that had to be in that courtroom that day wow. and heard a judge basically give a gift to mm. the man responsible for murdering their loved ones. And your thoughts de- on that? And then deny restitution of any sort. I mean, just to overlook it, just to just to say, hey, look, uh, I think that uh, the doctors are going through more than what the families are going through. That it's unbelievable. Is, oh, that is so sad. It's unbelievable. We we, we live in a uh, a sad time in America. And folks, today I had the the honor and the privilege uh, to talk to uh, John Moore. Uh, his mother was a victim of this crime and uh, had, a, had a good talk with him, and my heart went out to John today. He joins us tonight on this program to tell his story uh, in regards uh, to the loss of his mother and what he has dealt with, what he has been going through, and only one can imagine that type of pain. John, welcome to the program. Thank you. And uh, we appreciate you being on the show tonight, John. I'm going to just give you the floor. Uh, tell the folks, the people, what happened. Uh, our thoughts are personal with you. Uh, if you need to take a moment as you share this story, uh, feel free to do that. John, go ahead, please. Oh, God. What happened? I have no words to describe honest to living God the way we feel. There's no words. I could talk about it, but honestly, there's no words you could ever describe how we feel. Wow. None. Because my mother was murdered, and the bastard got away with everything he got away with. What are we doing about it? Yes. Well, I, the only thing that I ask is from the, the people who listen to you, this is how every day that I, that I deal with it. Is that we must keep my mother's memory and the others, their memories alive. Because if we don't, I promise you it's going to happen again and again until something humanly can be done about it. Yes. Some people have asked me. Do I hate the men who've done this to my mother? I despise that pig and man for what he's done. 
to me and my family. It eats us up every day that we have to deal with that man God away with it. So, there's nothing, honestly. We tried everything. We dealt with everything. We weren't allowed to speak. We weren't allowed to do nothing. We couldn't do nothing no more. So, this is what I've done to heal my broken, beyond broken heart that anybody, my father, is slowly mourning himself to death, really. That's what that man has done to my family. And I hope, thank loving God, that that evil judge is happy for what she's done. Therefore, therefore, something good can come out of this. And I want everybody who is listening through the United, all through the world, to please listen. I thank you for giving me this time, but please listen. This is how we all, we all could keep my mother's and the other victims, their memories alive. This is all I ask, because this is how I've been doing it. But I need the people's help. That's all I ask for. This is what I ask. My mother, me and my family, I'll put it that way. I want, we live in a small town. You know, a western um, town. This is where my mother lived for most of all her life before she died. And this is what I ask for people. That's all I could do. It will show that they are behind us to show them. Just come and see where my mother lived. See where she adored this town, and this—you could understand why I want people to see this town where this bastard took her town away from her, her life. That's all I ask. Is please okay. just and one more thing I ask from people. Just listen. You're probably wondering, what town, what town did my mother live in? And if it's okay, can I explain a little bit about her hometown? Yes, go ahead. Her hometown is the most beautifulest, most beautiful, most godliest town that God could have created. She was proud of her town and the people who are in it. You know how I'm healing every day? I ask people to come here, show your support for my mother, to keep, and the others, to keep their memory alive. That's all I ask, is take the time to take down the name of my town and some way, somehow, when you can, 
come visit my town, where my mother's town, my family's town, and you'll see why. What was taken from her, and you'll never understand how that bastard, what he has done to our family. That's all I ask. Because okay. there's nothing more we could do. We fought. We fought. And that's all I can say is this. The last thing I want to say. I want to say thank you so much at the bottom of my heart for the support of my hometown people and the people who are listening. You people are the ones that I need your support. And I do. Because we can't allow this to ever happen again to no individual. None, because if it does, we are allowing murder to take place in our country, our towns. We're allowing it if we don't stand up. So therefore, I ask for each and every one of you throughout the world to please write down my hometown's name, and my the name of my town is called this. It's called Cedar Ridge, Colorado, and let me spell it. It's C-E-D-A-R-E-D-G-E, Colorado. I ask everybody who is listening to some way, somehow, whenever you can, to please come to my hometown. There you will see everything you need to to understand what he has taken from my mother. And please, understand something else before I call it quits. We also must remember, always, yes, I am different in my hometown. My home people in this town have given me so much in the time I have lived here with my parents. You'll never know because you haven't lived in my town. They have given me so much. And I just want to take this opportunity to yeah. say thank you with the bottom of my heart. I want to say thank you to the people of my town. I love you so much. And thank you for everything you've done for me and my family through everything. And, and we, thank you, and thank ahead. you for inviting me onto your show. Are all these people listening? I thank you, and I ask one more thing. I ask that the people of the, all the people who are listening, please don't let this go. Please, I need help. And you're the only ones, honest to God, who could do it. That's thank you. It. Thank you so much. John, thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate you taking time tonight. And uh, I'll be in touch with you offline. And uh, we, we will actually, uh, if you, and we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk offline. And we will do something at our website uh, to honor your mother and the victims of this particular crime. And uh, we intend to work with you on that. We promise you that. Okay. 
And can I say something quickly? Sure. Just quickly. And again, I want to say thanks at bottom of my heart to all of you who invited me on here. You didn't have to, but I thank God at the bottom of my heart you did. Last and quickly, remember something, you all who are listening. Remember the name I have given you for the town where I'm at in my mother's hometown. Please, it means the world to me if somebody would take the time to to show the support of the victims, people showing their support just to show, to come into my town. Think about it. And I thank you. God bless you all. And I just thank you so much. I'll quit now. Okay, you're very welcome, John, and we'll be in touch with you. God bless you. Our prayers and the AJC Radio team will will, will go with you. And we thank you so much for joining us tonight. And, um, folks, there you have it. Um, what a tragedy of of what we are dealing with uh, in this country. And the fact that we are dealing with issues with a judge who made a decision that uh, seems to be a decision or an issue. You can hear the pain in this man's voice, the loss. And he said, we've tried and we've tried and we've tried. And we must keep his mother's and every victim of a crime. This is something that needs to be on the front desk of Judge Arguello. Exactly. This is something that needs to be told and pounded over and over again. He'll never get his mother back. That, that hometown cliff will never see his mother going to the local deli or the grocery store or none of those things because of a decision and, in, and a decision with intent to do what that doctor did. And it was all about money and greed. But you would have to say that this judge is heartless. Something needs to you, be done. You would have to say that. And, and in, in order for you, you've got victims that, that, that all they want to do is speak. Let us just speak. And she denies that. I mean, um, that that yeah. is wow. That is the least that is owed for them. They lost family members. And for the judge to say, I'm not going to even let you. I mean, just like John here, people need to vent. They need to be able to, to yes. know that, you know what? Somebody heard me when I said it's ripping my heart out. Every day. That, that my mother is gone and the man who did it gets to walk around. And now you 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 think okay he's gonna be locked up for six months then he's free again back on the street and my mother is gone and the judge won't even let you speak. give them the human common moral courtesy to say come and speak let everyone hear what you have to say before I before I lay the decision on the table she basically told them that wow. your what you feel or what you think really doesn't matter exactly I'm not concerned with what you feel that's what she said to that family though all those families well and not only are we gonna let you go free but when you get out we're gonna let you practice again so you can hurt more families well come on uh, ladies and gentlemen you want to join in this conversation please pick up the phone tonight at three four seven eight three eight eight nine seven six. John Moore, a broken heart. His father said he is grieving himself a slow death. These are the casualties of injustice. 
These are the casualties of no justice at all. And this is something we got to deal with. And I'll tell you what, folks, uh, we got to look in the mirror. We got to take a look. We have to say, when is it enough? We've said on this program before, how many body bags will have to be filled before America says enough? That's right. I mean, it's one of the most heart-wrenching things you'll experience in a courtroom is a victim impact statement. How were the victims impacted? It is the most heart-wrenching, the most troubling situation that you will find yourself on. And when I've, I've heard them, I've seen them on TV, people that right. were done so wrong, and cases you watch and they're broken down in tears. That is the right of the process. Exactly. To let me say or confront my, uh, the folks that did the damage to me that they it's, did. It's just as much right as when a person commits a crime and they've been found guilty for them to speak in front exactly. of the judge. That's right. you, you should have just as much right as a victim to say, I mean, you, my mother is dead and you won't let me speak to it? This is, uh, this is, this is insane. Yeah, it is. And uh, it's something, folks, that we have to look at. Cliff, we got a caller? Yes, we have uh, The Truth wants to make a comment about um, what has transpired here on the show tonight and uh i mean this is this is just sad and heartbreaking uh go ahead truth your life yes i just want to say my heart goes out to this man who lost his his mother and it is obvious that the grief is beyond words nobody could possibly comprehend the level of pain and his family is going through while a crooked judge goes home to her family at night. I wonder, uh, Christina Aguilar, how do you close your eyes to sleep? You know, one day, somewhere, all of this wrong that you're doing to people, God is going to bring it around, and you will reap exactly what you sowed. You didn't think nothing of the fact that you told put my daughter in prison with the proof right in front of you that she never committed any crime or did, didn't lie to you or anybody else, and you are so heartless, you need to be removed from the bench. And you know, there should be a petition out there saying, please go and sign the petition that this judge be disbarred and taken off the bench and never practice law again. I don't know what she went to law school for. Is she some crazy animal with a black robe on sitting on the bench and without any feeling, heartless, ruthless? You name every bad name you could think of, and it's Judge Christina Grail. When she sent my daughter to prison, who had never, never, Broken the law and did anything wrong. And then she had the nerve to tell her as she stood there and, and, and got ready to walk away. She said, good luck, Miss Clark. I want the day to come that we can stand as a people and watch justice come to you for the pain that you cause people. And how in the world could you deny 
or the victims are right. I've seen this on TV and time and time again. When victims want to speak, they let them speak. You are the most ruthless, heartless person I've ever seen in my life. And I can't even see how. You even have a heart beating in your chest. What is that up there? What is it that keeps you alive to destroy people's lives and bring pain to them? I mean, you are the most worst of the abusers of our time. And I'm telling you, somewhere, somehow, God is going to take care of Christina Aguayo for the things she's doing. And this man was the reason for people are in their graves tonight. <clears throat> but she doesn't care. Uh, she made all these excuses for these men. I, I, I mean, I mean for this man, and it just makes me really feel sad in a way you can't explain it. Because that man is never going to get his mother back, and you rewarded his killer. This is the most unbelievable story I think I've heard. A lot of wrong has been done to me and my family, <clears throat> and the same judge is the one who done it to us. We need a petition out there somewhere where people can go and sign for this judge to be investigated and to be removed from the bench forever and take her license away that she'll never, ever be able to cause this kind of pain and anguish in somebody else's life. I cannot believe in this country that we have a judge, so-called, supposed to be there for justice and for giving every person a fair shake, and you won't even let a victim have words about the pain they're feeling? You are unbelievable. Something needs to happen. God needs to move, and we must continue to push forward and be sure that we do everything in our power to see that this judge does not continue to sit on a bench when she can do things like this. That's unbelievable. You could you could give the happy six, seven to eleven years, never had never had a criminal record of any sort, didn't what didn't never commit a crime. You wouldn't even grant a bond pending appeal. You are the most heartless person I've ever seen. And then you're going to give them that much time. But you're going to let a killer have six months. How much? It makes you wonder, did you get paid some money? But you know what? All the money in the world couldn't make me do what you did to those families. It's just unbelievable. And, and, and I mean, speaking in, in a killer's behalf, why do we need you on a bench? We're supposed to get those that are killing people and breaking the law. And you're endorsing it? You know what you send a message to everybody out there, uh, every doctor out there, if you want to do the same thing, don't worry about it. You can get off. You didn't send a message. You didn't never tell my daughter I'm going to send a strong message. There was no message to be sent unless unless the message was that you put uh, put people who are innocent in prison. That's the only message that, that comes from you. And I hope sooner than later that we hear that judgment has come to you. And if we do our part, all of us that's listening to this program, in behalf of those families, behalf of ours, if we fight together and put a petition out there and tell people to sign the petition that this judge needs to be barred from the bench, that's the, the only way you're going to keep her from continually putting knives in people's heart and think nothing about it. 
that's the most ruthless person. She's the most ruthless I have ever seen. I haven't seen nothing like it. Hope I never see it again. Thank you for this time. Man, thank, thank you. Thank you. And you, when you you think about uh, Judge Arguelle, I mean, the truth talked about her daughter, Lawana Clark. Judge Arguelle gave her daughter six months in prison, in prison with evidence sitting on the table that said she was innocent. Now, you tell me that that hmm. an innocent person with evidence to prove their innocence gets six months and a murderer can get a plea deal for six months. These are the type of things that say that the judicial system is so broken, so corrupt. And when you have judges like Judge Christine Arguelle, you say, where is, you put those two things on the scale and you tell me they balance out? You tell me that is justice? There is no way on the planet that you can, that you can say that those two things weigh the same in the eyes of the public. You're, you listen to John tonight, his heart is ripped out. His mother is gone. He can never get her back. And then you have uh, innocent Lawana Clark who gets sent to prison for the same amount of time these murderous doctors do. And you call that justice. Christine Arguello has completely lost her mind. And, and like you said earlier, Dennis, the God complex, it, it is, I mean, there's no words for it. You just feel like, okay, because I feel like, I mean, in her own statement, she made the decision. She made the decision. She said, well, I feel that the jury won't do this or do that. What do you know? That's why you have a jury. How do you know what the jury will think? And you saying, well, an expert witness. An expert witness would not be able to prove that these men did not commit health uh, care fraud. Wow. There is no expert witness that can say, okay, the papers that were signed and the checks that you received, that in my expert opinion, I think you you deserve that money. You're talking about some of the patients had already died, wow. and they were getting money for the patients for for treatments that they did for patients that were dead. There is no expert witness that can prove that that's viable, and yet a judge, in her crookedness, in her her insanity, a corrupt judge. I mean, what? completely corrupt. Says I don't think the jury would have found them. Guilty, so I'm on, I'm only going to give them six months. Lisa, your thoughts on on this? I think the truth was a little too generous when she called this judge a person, because <laughs> I don't think a person could do this sort of thing. I don't think you would find a human being with a heart that's beating in their chest could do this to other human beings. It just doesn't make sense. It's not that you have a problem doling out sentences. Giving out harsh sentences, you like to do that when you want to. That's not the issue. The issue here is this crooked, good-for-nothing woman got up there and did what she wanted to do for whatever her reasons, whatever, whoever, whoever talked to her, whoever paid her, whatever it may be, she did what she wanted to do. She needs, without a doubt, to be removed from that position. I mean, and people need to need to make a real stink about this until something happens because this is she's getting worse and worse and worse. As time goes by, we just keep on running into more and more things that she's doing, showing that she is, in fact, not human. There, this woman is some kind of creature. She is not human. It's like every time you look at what she, a decision she made on the bench, the sentencing that she doled out, there is... There is no balance 
there's never it never seems reasonable in any sentence that she does. The IRP six case, seven to eleven years. Wow. After all kind of things happened in the in the case, including the fact she didn't allow their expert witness to testify and then force them to take the stand, then gives them seven to eleven years in prison. Then you look at uh, uh, another case where a tax fraud of over a billion dollars, she gives those people three years. Then you look at another case with these doctors, murderers. You have four people who lost their lives. You have four families with countless, who knows how many family members that are devastated, and she gives them six months. This sounds like a judge that shouldn't be a judge. This, this sounds like, yeah. <laughs> sounds like somebody slipped through the cracks because uh, you, it is, it this, is, this is ridiculous. It's just out of control. And uh, you, you think about it, you look at the families and, and the effect that it has on families, and you got a judge that's out of control that's dishing out whatever type of sentences. I mean, it's, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense. And then you talk about disparity. I mean, it's out of control. And if if we as a as the American people, if we don't say enough is enough, if we don't say we're tired, if we don't start like 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 the truth was talking about the petitions, we have to make our voices be heard. How do we do that? We come together. Uh, together, each accomplishes more. That, that's team. That's we got to come together as a team, and we got to say, okay, we're tired of this judge doing whatever she wants to do. If enough people sign a petition to say, hey, no more, no more, I guarantee you, uh, somebody's going to start to make note, you know, they're going to start to take note that uh, something's wrong down here in uh, Colorado. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen of America tonight, we take a moment to bid farewell to Dorothy Moore, taken from us at the tender age of 75, needlessly we say goodbye. Rest in peace, Dorothy Moore, as we seek justice and keep your name and your memory alive. And her hometown, Seat Ridge, Colorado, a place of beauty, may want to take a trip down there as the spring approaches. We say goodbye to Dorothy Moore. We'll be right back here on Agency Radio. is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855-529-4252. Or visit a-justcause.com and click the Donate button. A Just Cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall.
Ladies and gentlemen of Southern Colorado, did you know that PBR, Professional Bull Riders, is headquartered right here in Colorado? PBR is an international professional bull riding organization based in Pueblo, Colorado. In 1992, when 20 bull riders from the rodeo circuit came together to give life to a dream that they all shared, they never imagined it would be so quickly developed into what has officially been declared the fastest growing sport in America. The PBR, the riders pooled their resources, $1,000 apiece, and broke away from the confines of the rodeo format to make bull riding the most popular of the seven events in traditional rodeo, a standalone sport, and take it to major markets across the United States. Today, the visionary founders are riding a wave of popularity as the PBR continues its charge as one of the fastest growing properties in the history of sports. The concept is simple. Match the world's best bull riding athletes against the toughest animal athletes on the planet in an eight-second man versus beast duel. More than 1,200 cowboys from the U.S., Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Australia, and New Zealand hold PBR memberships. How would you like to work for this great company? We are hiring right now. We are currently looking for an associate attorney, public relations manager, social media manager, and digital project manager, to name just a few. Folks, check out our website to view more of our open positions at www.pbr.com. And you can also send an email to recruiting at pbr.com or make a phone call, if that's better, at 719-242-2800. Folks, bull riding is taking off, and it all starts with PBR. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. And it's been a night of emotion. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and Dennis Merritt. And um, I'm at a loss a little bit tonight, as we have heard of one tragedy of the victims that have suffered at the hand of Dr. Sam Jahani, Sam Jahani, who is responsible for the loss of life, and one of those lives being lost, Dorothy Moore, who left us at the age of 75 as a result of the actions of this doctor. One of four victims who came on this program tonight, and I'll tell you right now, folks, the big question tonight and the issue tonight is Federal Judge Christine O'Grail who has formed a pattern of abuse and has left victims in their tombs along the way and refuses to administer justice, which is the oath in which they took. And to see this and the variety, if you will, of picking judgment, picking who you destroy or who you seek to destroy, and yet you still sit on a bench touching and affecting the lives of a lot of people and, and you know that's the part that gets you because judges are supposed to uh, by law do the will of the people they're there to ensure 
that no one gets away with a crime and that when a person commits a crime that they're dealt with accordingly. Sure. I guarantee you can take a poll of as many people as you want to and say if a doctor prescribes so many uh, painkillers that it caused four people to die, do you think that a six-month sentence would be fair for that doctor and fair to the families of those victims. Well, there is no person on the planet who would tell you yes well, except for that doctor. Well, look, Cliff, I'll tell you right now, Michael Jackson, a prime example. Yes. A doctor that administ- administered the drug to Michael Jackson that ultimately took his life that should have never been administered outside of a hospital or a clinic. The only reason he received four years is because of the amount of overcrowding that was going on in California jails and prisons. They said he would do maybe four years. But because of the overcrowding problem, that was the issue. So um, we'll deal with that here momentarily. We got another caller, I believe, and uh, hear what uh, they have to say. Yes, we have uh, Lawana Clark actually has called in. If those of you who have been listening know that the uh, truth spoke of her daughter, Lawana Clark, and how Judge Arguello uh, wrongfully sent her to prison. And we have her on tonight. Lawana, you're alive. We appreciate you taking the time to deal with the situation with us. Yes, uh, I just had a comment uh, for about Christina Arguello. Uh, as you know, I, I went, was under her um, crazy antics as well as some of these other people that have been through through her uh through her uh, hands in the courtroom. But what I was wanting to say was, Christine Arguello and any other judge, that, that, you know, the problem is that these judges are giving given too much power. You don't give a person total, complete power to do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, and how you want to do it. That just It doesn't make sense for any human being to be given that. And so, if, if depending on the mood I'm in, how I feel, what I think about you, what I how I've been bought off, or whatever the situation is, they can make whatever they want to say. That's why they can do it because whatever this judge says, uh, it's, it's done. I mean, six months, sixty years, uh, two weeks, whatever they want to give them, they can give them. There, and there's no set guidelines for for the different punishments or what a person does or there should be a set thing that this is this is what this is the the guideline for this crime for this crime for this crime for this crime there should be something set in place not that depending on the mood you're in you can set what you want to do one day I'll set you set somebody for 6 months next next time it'll be 60 years or life i mean it's just it's uncomprehensible because i whatever the judge says he's the judge this is god here so whatever she says or he says uh, th- that it is to be followed, no matter how ludicrous it is, no matter how crazy it is, no matter how it doesn't fit the the situation or the crime or or what's going on. Whatever they want to do, they can do. These people are making rational decisions, especially this judge here. There's no rationality. There's no there's no common sense. There's no fairness. There is no justice. That's just not fair. But then when you open it up and say I'm, that this has to be changed, uh, this needs to be changed across the board in our so-called justice system, a judge of any kind should not have the right to, to impede any kind of sentence on anybody, anytime, no matter what it is, 
no regardless to what they did, how they did it. Nothing plays into play except how does this judge feel today about this? And does she like you or, or, or does he like you or do they not like you? Or they, they had a bad night or a good day or a bad day, so I'm just going to give you something. You can't do that. You can't just let this be wide open and let these judges just do what they want to do. Where did these people come up with this stuff from? It, it doesn't even make sense. It makes no kind of sense. So whatever you want, everybody is accountable and answerable to somebody. But you've got these people out here doing whatever they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it, and they're not calling in question about it. I mean, come on. That is just, I don't, I'd like to know who came up with this. It's sick. It is totally sick. You're going to put a human being, a human being with no fear of God and no kind of uh, uh, conscious or consciousness or, 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 or any kind of concern or compassion or feeling or anything for somebody and just give them the, give them the reins and say, do what you want to do? It is unbelievable. It is totally unbelievable. And I know she put me away to try to make our guy slip. I don't care what she did because the first, in the first place, I would never let the guys do it anyway. There's no way. You don't, you, you don't do so, we'll throw your sister in prison and we'll make you uh, give us what we want of yours. No, you're not. I mean, come on. We've got to stand up and do something right here. But at the same time, for you to even, you shouldn't even have the right to do it. You shouldn't have had the right that if there's evidence in front of you to ignore it. There should be some something there. No, you cannot do that. That's against the law. If you do it, you're going to go to prison, Judge. You cannot ignore this. You cannot say, well, I don't, I'm not going to allow that. I'm, I mean, you've got too much power, and it's power in the wrong hands. People are just crazy with no kind of sense and no, no, no kind of uh, feeling that I want to do it right. That I want to be fair to people, regardless of who they are or what's going on, that I do it right across the board. Everybody should be treated accordingly. It's just phenomenal. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your comment. Well, folks, I'll tell you this. Uh, and Cliff, Lisa, Dennis, I'm sitting here, and I want to run down for the American people the counts. 1, 10, 11. And these counts go as high as 70 counts of, of, of dealing with the crimes committed here. Think of this. Uh, counts 1, 10, and 11, health care fraud in violation and resulting in death. Count 3 and 6, health care fraud violation. Count 12, money laundering, conspiracy. Count 13 and 20 through 22, money laundering. Counts 24, 26, and 69, dispensing of controlled substances in violation resulting in death counts 23 through 26 33 43 44 47 all the way up to 70 dispensing of controlled substances count 62 dispensing of controlled substances penalty counts 1 10 and 11 life imprisonment $250,000 fine Count three and six, minimum 10 years in prison, $250,000 in fines. This is uncomprehendable. Where is the count that says six months or two years? It, 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 How do you get past 
the money laundering and the healthcare violation and conspiracy. How do you get past those counts to say these men only deserve six months in prison? Lay everything else aside. Yeah, then I mean, the you fact. add the dis- dispensing controlled substances uh, resulting in death. You add that on top of the rest of it. How did she come up with six months in prison? It makes absolutely yeah. no and we don't want to forget, there's a young lady involved in this case, Tanya Creel, who was an employee uh, and the office manager where the doctors worked. And these are the facts of the case. Creel contends that she was retaliated against or wrongfully discharged because she placed the defendants on notice, either directly or by and through their agents or representatives, that she was taking or had taken action in furtherance of potential FCA action. The potential violation as to which Creel was acting in furtherance involves the defendants overcharging Medicare for physician services or other urgent care physicians provided and the billing of Medicare for patient visits at the hospital and at nursing homes, which Dr. Jahani did not actually make. Never actually went to the hospital, never provided the care, this is what you call acts of premeditation. You yes. want to you want to use an argument of intent mm. that was not allowed in the RP six case. Just a side note: this is premeditated steps, but it gets it gets it gets deeper. The time period at issue is from May two thousand and six through the date of Cree's termination, December fifth, two thousand and eight, and upon information and belief continuing thereafter. The information and belief is Krill's knowledge of the defendant's extensive efforts, remember that word, extensive efforts, to keep wrongful Medicare billing practices secret, as well as the fact that at the time of Krill's termination, reasonable efforts had not been made by the defendants to stop their wrongful practices. So even warned, even knowing that something could happen, they still did not. That goes to the extensive practicing of wrongdoing, And it says, goes further, the alleged Medicare billing fraud, which Creel investigated, appreciated, and placed the defendants on notice about included the defendants' practice of upcoding to overuse the 99214 established patient billing code at a level which was mathematically impossible and certainly not warranted by the provided level of care, requiring necessary follow-up visits, office visits, billing ordinary care is urgent, and billing for daily visits to hospital and nursing home patients which, in fact, Dr. Jahani had not seen the patient at all. We're going to stop there and discuss that. How do now? What what what? Uh, I'm curious to see. So, <laughs> what did they plead guilty to? Was it uh, you know misdemeanor, uh, reckless endangerment? Uh, you know, mischief. I mean, what did they plead guilty to that? Had a, uh, you know, uh, uh, they they said it's warrants two years. Judge Arguello said no, he's been through enough. These families, they've been through enough. Uh, you know, once you kill somebody, you know, I guess you need a break. Uh, you know, you you need some type of reprieve to say, okay, now it's vacation time. Well, it goes further. At the office of Dr. Jahani, or other urgent care physicians completed what they call a super bill. For each patient seen on a given day, coding the visit according to the above described CPT coding system. 
One of Creole, Tanya Creel's jobs as office manager was to bill patients, insurance companies, and Medicare for the alleged services the defendants claimed to have provided at the office, at the hospital, at the nursing home. Creel would enter the information from the physician's super bills to generate bills to be sent to payers, including Trailblazer Health Enterprises, Rocky Mountain Health Plans, Trailblazer. Trailblazer is the Medicare administrative contractor through which defendants build Medicare. So they went further. In her capacity as office manager, Curl had no authority or discretion to change the CPT billing codes which the, which the physicians provided. Dr. Jahani was previously prosecuted for engaging in Medicare fraud and thus was expressly sensitive to the ramifications of being accused of partaking in improper Medicare billing. On January 21st, a Second Amendment complaint was filed in civil action uh, alleging that Dr. Jahani admitted and retained patients in long-term acute care hospital who did not meet the level of care of medical necessity, caused the submission of false claims for skilled therapies, which were not provided by qualified staff, not provided for the duration claimed or not medically necessary, billed for inpatient physician and physician assistant services that were not medically necessary. Now, you plead guilty wow. to this. Where... How, how does six months come into the picture? It, it, it just doesn't. I mean, again, you're talking about on one, a few of the charges, you're looking at life in prison. Doesn't even run down the rest of the charges. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this is insane. It is pure insanity. You're talking about money laundering, conspiracy, and health care fraud. Six months? You know, that that's just worth it. And here's what it says here. The complaint was resolved when Dr. Jahani entered into a settlement agreement with the U.S. attorney, which incorporated a corporate integrity agreement pursuant to the CIA, which which is not CIA, CIA, but the corporate uh, integrity agreement, which Dr. Jahani signed December 3rd, 2005. He was required to retain an independent review organization, which would perform annual audits of sample of paid Medicare claims. Um and the defendants employed during the time Creel was employed. Uh, so basically, he agreed to say, I'm going to stop being a bad boy. Wow. So we're going to take your word for it, uh, uh, Mr. Jahani. Wow. <laughs> and so all the victims, all the... Now, here's, what's get, here's what really gets me. In criminal proceedings, if there's prior bad acts, yes. it establishes a pattern of abuse. So how do you get... Six months after you already. But how do you even get a plea deal when they say, okay, back in the day, we came at you for the same stuff. Right. And you took a plea deal to quit acting crazy. We put you on probation and you said you were going to stop. You're going to you're going to you're going to let us audit all of your billing, your health care billing so that we can ensure that you don't defraud the health care system. So he agreed to that after pleading guilty. And then he comes back this time. Pleads guilty to it again and gets six months in prison. No. How, that that is like saying, okay, well, you 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 violated parole. Well, not only did he do that, Cliff, Lisa Dennis, Prill did her own investigation, Tanya, mm-hmm. and found out that. She had learned from talking with patients that Dr. Jahani would require a given patient to return for follow-up visit when the patient expressed such a follow-up visit was unnecessary. 
the defendants would bill Medicare for these medically unnecessary visits. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the American taxpayers pay for Medicare. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So what he's done, he said, well, we're going to go to your front door. Ladies and gentlemen of America, it's as crazy as him coming to your front door demanding your wallet or your purse and telling him, telling you to give him $100. He billed Medicare. That's a federal system. Yes. And this federal judge appointed by a president says, we don't care. Yes, she says, well, I don't care about justice for the American people. I don't care about justice for these families. I don't care about justice for the health care system. I don't care about justice for your uh, tax dollars that are being, uh, you know, just falling in the street. She does not care. She took it upon herself to come up with the sentencing guideline on on this case. There is no way that it added up to six months. There's just no way. It's um, yeah, this is unbelievable. And for some, this is a big scheme. When you're talking about now, you have basically uh, slapped the American people in the face, and you have violated them. Because you've built Medicare at a level that taxpayers are paying. That doesn't generate any type of concern from the people here in America. I, I believe it does. And where's the justice? I mean, you, that's, that's the hard part. That's the, that's the hardest part to swallow. And the if you, justice. And if you read everything we're reciting tonight is a public record on the complaint uh, made by Tanya Creel. Her actions, and tonight we salute Tanya Creel for speaking up, for exposing this corruption, but we abhor the actions of Judge Christina Well, Somebody had the courage to come forward and to address and to expose this corruption and this evil, if you will, of this doctor. And at the end of the day, four caskets are occupied tonight as a result of the actions of not only this doctor, but the enabling and the support of a judge where the Constitution means nothing, where human life, the value of life, means nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, join into the conversation tonight, if you would, 347-838-8976. Pick up the phone tonight and call. Let your voice be heard about this injustice. That's 347-838-8976. This is AJC Radio, where we are in search for justice. Coming right back. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? Did you know know that there are over 2.4 million million people behind bars in the United United States? States. 
I'll ask you one I'll more question. You. Were you aware Were you? that that is the that highest is number num- of people of behind people bars in the entire the world? Entire. The United the States United makes up of only 5% of the world's of the population. population. But we but have we over have 25% of the world's, of the world's population. population. America, America prides itself, itself on being the most being advanced and progressive nation, nation on Earth. On Earth. However, However, sadly, sadly we are all the, the world's most archaic. archaic. Can you, imagine Can you imagine spending 20 years of your life in prison for a crime you didn't commit? And neither could neither I until I got the opportunity to portray Betty Ray Waters in the film of conviction, telling the real story of how she freed her brother Kenny. Sadly, what happened to Kenny happened far more often than you might expect. Together, we can stop it. Please join me in helping the Innocence Project project right and justice. Go to innocenceproject.org and make a donation and get involved. Now it's time. time to change the face of justice. Did you know that minority and youth participation in juries is extremely low to non-existent? The incidence of youth, of youth and minority offenders facing trials have exploded. Youth and minorities are not being represented as they should be. We must represent the people to get their trials. If you acquire a state ID or driver's license, it allows you to register. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio, where we search and we bring the message of justice all around the world. I'm Lamar Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and Dennis Merritt, the entire AJC Radio team. As tonight we have touched on a subject, folks, that uh, needs to be addressed in this country, and that is the corruption behind the bench, namely Federal Judge Christine Arguello, who goes to work every morning perhaps with a cup of black coffee, a black robe, and administers and becomes really a perpetrator of justice. This is unheard of, should not happen in the United States of America, and we are seeing a rise on corruption in this country. We have a doctor who maliciously set out and premeditated and preset out to do one thing, to deceive the American people, those at the most vulnerable points of their lives, at a point of illness or sickness. And this doctor took it upon himself to abuse his power with the most vulnerable people of our society looking for help. We have a problem in this country. What are we going to do about it? Cliff, when you listen to all of this nonsense, I'll be honest with you, it makes me very angry. Uh, When I hear John tonight, John Moore, grieving the loss of his mother, looking at his dad grieve a slow death, as a result not only of the doctor, 
But the actions of a judge who takes no seriousness in the oath that she took to administer justice. This is outrageous. America should be angry tonight about this. Have their their last line hope is that the judge will do something so that they can some some level of uh, something. I mean, you you know, you know they're not going to get any relief from the grief that they're feeling, leave a uh, losing a loved one, but some level of justice. You look to a judge that when a man has pled guilty, say yes, I committed the crimes that that uh, that you know that saying that I did, I did. And you expect a judge to meet out some type of justice and what is she... I mean, this is a slap on the wrist. You kill someone and get six months. You kill four people well, and you get six months behind bars in a, in a uh, cush camp. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't even see it as a slap on the wrist. It's actually a, a, a bucket of candy and we'll see you in six months. Uh, this ain't even a slap on the wrist. I mean, this is this is un. Believable, and what are we gonna? Again, we say on this program every week. When are we gonna stand up as Americans, as people? Let's take around the world as people, as human beings, and do the right thing. When do we go into a courtroom with a sign? When do we go in front of a courthouse and protest this type of injustice? This is injustice on its highest level, and you hear the pain. Of John, but John is one of many families that have hurt by the decision of crooked judges everywhere. The families of the IRP six, ladies and gentlemen, you may wonder why do we mention them in this context? Because this same judge stripped and tore family and homes apart in one day. Said. This is what I'm going to do. Someone must answer. And as the truth alluded to earlier, there is so long that wrong will continue. There is so there is an end to wrong and wronging others. And as she alluded to, somewhere along the way, you will answer for that. And as you sit here tonight, and I think about the RP6 family, Mothers who, uh, excuse me, mothers who have lost their son. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, if you've never been to prison, I was wrongfully convicted. I know what I'm talking about because I've been there. When your son is stripped from you wrongfully, your daughter, do you ever consider the pain the truth was alluded to about LaWanna Clark being stripped from that family, that poor the pain, the sleepless night, the tears. This is injustice. What are we going to do about it? Lisa, when you hear this, even in regards to the injustice, of course, we talk about John and his mother and the father. And then you talk about uh, Luana and the pain. You went through pain with that. Yes. Someone must answer. Nobody knows about People think, well, I sent somebody to jail. They're in jail. Your family member does day for day with you. That's right. Behind the wall. And we sit back as a country. We sit back as a nation. And we just excuse this type of thing. 
narcissism. Well, that's just the way it works. It's not the way it works. No. Unless we accept that. Lisa, your thoughts on this? This is this is one of those shows, I'll tell you, that leaves you speechless and yet keeps you talking at the same time. Lisa, your thoughts? Yeah, this is just... I just, there, there are no words. Really, aren't I? Just I don't understand how this kind of thing can happen. But I guess when you see how corrupt people are, and you start to understand that there's so much, so much corruption in our judicial system, then you can kind of see how it can happen. But it's very disheartening. It's very, it really very disheartening to, to know that you live in a country and you pay taxes in a country where this sort of thing happens and people are just left with pieces falling everywhere and no way of figuring out how they're going to pick them up. And they're just left there. They're left there to fend for themselves. You've got the family, you've got the people who uh, this crooked judge has locked up unjustly. You've got the family to the people who are suffering at the hands of people she won't lock up. Everyone, she, there's too much suffering to go around. It's just too much. And something has done about it. It can't be allowed to stay there. No, absolutely. And uh, Dennis, as you sit there, and Lisa, I think of uh, if that was my mother who was going for care, you, you hate to see a loved one hurting. So what John was dealing with with his mom hurting or being in pain and trying to alleviate the pain, thinking and we put our trust in doctors and in judges and in police officers and to people who are supposed to administer things that are good for us in society. You think of that. America must put themselves in the shoes of John and all the Johns of America. And we don't even have the other three victims yet. Their family members, their sleepless nights, their holidays. This is unbelievable. But I guess what? Our position is this. We will continue to uncover to expose and to speak out against such action. It cannot be tolerated as, as a people, as a human being. We as human beings of the planet of Earth cannot tolerate this type of behavior. And what does it take? How many bags, body bags, would you feel before America says, I am not taking this anymore and I refuse to remain silent? Dennis, your thoughts. I, I 100% what you're saying. Uh, we we got to get mad. I'll tell you, once America gets mad, I mean, anytime you have a system where uh, prosecutors and judges uh, have no limits, there's, there's no there's no checks, there's no balances, there's no one to say you're wrong, and because you were wrong, you're going to pay for what you did. It's not happening. Until America says, you know what? We truly need judicial reform. We truly need to reform our justice system. We're going to continue to deal with judges and prosecutors running amok, doing whatever they want to do to innocent. No, absolutely. I going to actually stop that uh, until we, again, speak out about these things. I'll tell you what, folks. Again, feel free to call in. Uh, got a few more minutes on this segment. Before we go into the next closing segment of this program, uh, 347-838-8976, 
at 347-838-8976. And Lisa, we commit tonight, and Cliff and Dennis, that we will honor John Bushes and remembering his mother and the victims on agencyradio.com. We intend to do that uh, at all of our websites. We will have a, uh, a, a remembrance, if you will, section for those folks and those families as we fight for justice. Uh, and in, in lieu of uh, the truth's recommendation about a petition uh, bringing action against federal judge Christina Quayle, that needs to happen right away. If it just calls that AJC needs to be on top of that, Lisa, we'll commit to do that. Because this is action that must happen. Doesn't matter whether you uh, are not directly affected. Every pocketbook in America on this doctor was affected. Some way, shape, form, or fashion, uh, you pay, we all pay for Medicare. That's right. This doctor did what he did with the intent to deceive, to mislead, and to hurt. He did it with intent. The judge must be allergic to intent. She doesn't deal with it in this case, and she refused to let the RP6, excuse me, address it in their case. I got one question for the judge tonight. What law school did you go to? Because it doesn't make sense. This is basic law. This is not complicated. It's basic law. And this judge refuses to administer justice. Folks, we're coming right back. We want to thank John for joining us tonight and sharing his pain with America and with us. We get ready for one section tonight, and it's going to be easy tonight as we go into a guest fight. What you didn't know about the RPC. Learned a lot tonight. We're coming again. Folks, hang on. Grab a beverage. Get your wits about you, because this has been a night. Get you a little rattle. We are angry and outraged at the thought of injustice that continues to lay in America's streets. Lady Justice, we said it once, we'll say it again. We send a plea out to you tonight. Where are you? Lady Justice has gone missing. Folks, we're coming back here on AJC Radio. She didn't know. The United States of America incarcerates more people than any other country in the world. In fact, the U.S. hosts more prison inmates than all other developed nations combined. As of 2010, the world population was over 6.8 billion people, with an estimated 9.8 million in jail. This figure, compiled by the International Center for Prison Studies, refers both to individuals held in jail awaiting trial and inmates serving time after sentencing. So there are 9.8 million human beings on planet Earth living inside of cages that we know of. In 2010, the U.S. was home to about 309 million people, 4.5% of the world's total population, but housed 23% of the world's prisoners. So take a moment to think about what this means. It means we imprison more people than enormous autocratic countries like China. We imprison more people than Russia. 
Compared to the size of our population, our rate of imprisonment dwarfs our closest allies, like the United Kingdom, France, and Canada. As of 2010, there were over 1.6 million post-trial inmates serving sentences in America's state and federal facilities. This number does not include those being detained pre-trial or those on probation. The most unique feature of incarceration in America is the large and active role of our federal government. In most countries, crime is reacted to at the local or regional level, whereas the American government finances and legislates a significant portion of law enforcement at the national level. State governments still do their fair share of incarceration, though. California and Texas incarcerate more than other states with over 171,000 inmates each. Florida is a close third with over 103,000 prisoners. But no single state locks up more people than the federal government with over 208,000 inmates. Perhaps the nickname Land of the Free, Home of the Brave, should be updated. Though I suppose you need to be brave to endure the highest likelihood of incarceration the world has ever known. Prisons are not what we think about when we think of America, and they shouldn't have to be. A free nation shouldn't imprison so many people, and a fiscally responsible nation can't afford to. With close to $40 billion a year in state correctional spending, the financial costs are obvious and staggering alone, but the human costs are often underappreciated. 1.6 million fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of American families are incarcerated. It's time for people to realize that the criminal justice system in America is desperately in need of reform. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, and Dennis Merritt. And tonight, as we have found out or looked into, if you will, the injustice running rampant in America by the hands of federal judge Christine Arguello, who allows the oath of office that she took to not really matter. AJC Radio will continue to ask the tough questions. We will continue to uncover corruption wherever we find it. And join us again uh, every every evening, every excuse me, every Tuesday and Thursday on this program, 8 p.m. Eastern, as we address issues that affect America. But right now we take a turn and we take a shift, if you will, to what you didn't know about the IRP6 story. And Cliff on... Between February 2009 and March 2009, what you didn't know is that the city of Philadelphia was on the verge of purchase and install of IRP software. They were actually on the verge of purchasing software that the IRP6 had created. And the story thickens, the plot thickens, if you will, from there. Tell the folks a little bit about how close we were engaged, or the RP6 were engaged in bringing business 
to the city of Philadelphia when everything went away? Well, the city of Philadelphia was uh, ready to sign the papers to implement the software. And the... I mean that that's great, and every everybody lo- that's in business says, "Hey, we're about to close business." But the part that you don't know is that prosecutor, assistant U.S. attorney Matthew Kirsch, contacted the city of Philadelphia and told them, "Do not do business with IRP Solutions because there will be an indictment coming down." Now, now you can say, "Well, okay, well if there was an indictment, he told them it was going to be coming." This was prior to. The grand jury being impaneled. How do, what magic crystal ball does Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch have that says, I'm going to get an indictment before I even get the grand jury together? That is how you know that there is something amiss with the judicial system. Absolutely. That you can tell a potential customer of a company, don't do business with this company because we have them under investigation and we're going to get an indictment. So, what he did is he called a self-fulfilling profit that exactly. IRP Solutions is not going to pay its bills because I'm going to ensure that they don't because I'm going to interfere with commerce. Therefore, I'm going to make it all look like, okay, uh, while they're under investigation, you make them look like a crook. The product is great, but you don't allow it to be implemented anywhere because you continue to interfere and tell people these are criminals, these are criminals, these are criminals. Well, and and the and the every every potential customer is saying, well, the product is great. We wanted to install it. Well, here's the problem, Cliff. The city of Philadelphia, after uh, Matthew Kirsch did what he did, stepping outside the role of prosecutor, is what he did. Basically, he lied. There was no indictment. You can't predict a a, a indictment coming down before the grand jury is impaneled. So. Here's what happened. The city, the city of Philadelphia canceled both of IRP6's engagements with the Philadelphia Police Department and the Philadelphia Inspector General's Office, which means the money that could have taken care of the debt was pulled by the city of Philadelphia based upon the actions of AUSA Matthew Kirsch. Yes. So, therefore, the theory of the case... I have strengthened through false pretenses. I have blackballed these men because if they sign these contracts, their bills are paid. We don't have a case. Therefore, let me interfere with commerce. Let me make them believe that these men are criminals, thus solidifying my case to bring an indictment against these innocent men. Is that that sick? And then the the other sick part about that... That goes right along with, guess who, Judge Christine Arguello, is she says that none of this information with interference with commerce by Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch, uh, blackballing the guys where they went to try to work, where they went to try to do business, telling Department of Homeland Security and NYPD don't do business with them, none of that information will be allowed to be entered into court. And if the jury hears pending business, it takes intent off the table. It takes intent off the table. It takes fraud off the table. It takes conspiracy off the table. 
The only intention of IRP Solutions was to develop, market, and sell a product. And that's yeah. exactly what that and information that is, would have showed. That's exactly what it should have show. It would have showed because it also showed that uh, City of Philadelphia and the Office of the Inspector General were going to install this software. And this was said in uh, in in a sworn affidavit. Said we would have installed the software, but a USA Matthew Kirsch. Total sales indictment coming down. If the jury had seen that, they would have said, there's no way these people are guilty. You interfere with commerce. That's against the law. It's time for Matthew Kirsch to go to prison. Well, like a conspiracy to be. Well, it says here that uh, Gary Cardenas, Director of Information Technology for the Philadelphia Police Department, was interviewed by FBI agent Jennifer Nagol regarding the IRP solution case. And uh, was very close, was told that the uh, Philadelphia Police Department was very close to having the Silk product installed prior to the discovery of the IRP investigation, said Cardenas, according to the goals interview notes. Wow. So that alone, they were given true information to say this software was at the brink of being installed. Yes. And if Absolutely. that's the case, the entire state government's case is down the drain. Yes. And the judge, famous federal judge Christine Arguello, again, pattern of abuse, abuse of power, God complex, again, violates the rights of these men. Does stuff that is unprecedented in a court of law. Again, she infringes on the rights of these six men. Ultimately leading to the arrest, to the conviction, and the imprisonment of these men. That, ladies and gentlemen of America, make no mistake about it. Walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. It is a duck. It's a crooked duck. This is a duck, man. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to spend one day in law school to go through this case and know without a shadow of a doubt, corruption is out of control in America. Judges are out of control, namely Federal Judge Christine Arguello. She's out of control. Why six men languish in prison tonight. Three and a half years of false imprisonment by a judge and a perpetrator of justice who continues to do what she's doing. Dennis, your thoughts on this you look puzzled it's a, to me. It's, 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 it's amazing. And it's so hard to understand how that no matter how you look at this case, all you see, and I, have, I, I'm not a, I am not a lawyer. I, I, I've never been to school. But just looking at the case, I can honestly say there's no way. That these men are guilty and you, of any crime. And you know what, Dennis? You say you're not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer and nobody at this table. But we've had former prosecutors, former defense attorneys. We've had former federal judges look at this case and came to the same conclusion that you just came sure to. Did. That there is, first off, where is the crime? How did We've had former assistant U.S. attorneys ask us, how did this ever get? To federal court, to to for a federal prosecutor to tell you, I have looked through the entire transcript, and I, in, including the indictment, including the search warrant, 
I cannot find a crime. What did you say they got convicted for? When you get those questions mm. from people who are former uh, judicial officers, officers of the court, it tells you that, okay, this is this is just sickening because how is it that all these other officers of the court came to the conclusion there's not even a crime, but Judge Christine Arguello can can twist and 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 intertwine and disallow evidence to get a conviction and then put men in prison for seven to eleven years and no one else can even find a wow. crime. That is what is sickening. That is what is disgusting about this case and makes you say that uh, assuredly Judge Christine Arguello needs to be removed from the bench. And that's what our question. Folks, you may say that seems a bit extreme. Uh, Do we need to go that far? But until injustice visits your front door, uh, we have a problem. Christine Arguello continues to abuse her power, continues to do things that are not convenient. These are things that don't make any sense. They're one of those things that America has to, every, no matter how many times I say it, no matter how many times we discuss it, the outrage, the anger, the indignation against injustice continues to rise. Ladies and gentlemen of America, make no mistake about it, We need answers. We need people to care about what's going on. We need people to say, you know what? That could be my brother. That could be my father. That could be whoever's involved. And I'll tell you what, it means something for people to stand up and fight against this type of injustice. Folks, you say, who are the IRP6? David Banks, Gary Walker, Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, Dave Zappolo, and Clint Stewart. We fight for justice, and we will not cease to do so. The perpetrators of justice, Lisa, who are they? They are U.S. Attorney John Walsh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch, Assistant U.S. Attorney Sunita Hazra, Attorney Greg Goldberg, Federal Judge Christine Arguello, she should be on here ten times, Appellate Judge Jerome Holmes, Appellate Judge Bobby Baldock, Appellate Judge Harris Hart, Federal Judge R. Brooke Jackson, Magistrate Judge Craig Schaefer, Court reporter Darlene Martinez, FBI agent John Smith, FBI agent Robert Moen, former federal agent John Epke, former federal agent Gary Hilberry, attorney Thomas Goodread, attorney Clifford Barnard, attorney Thomas Richard, attorney Robert Berger, attorney Mitchell Baker, attorney Boston Staten Jr., attorney Rick Cornfeld, attorney Mark Garagos, Susan Holland of ETI Professional Services, and Samuel K. Thurman. And thank you for that. Those are the perpetrators of justice that occupy positions of power that need to be dealt with. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, join us every Tuesday and Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern here on Blog Talk Radio, also the Progressive Radio Network on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, also on 405 Radio and 405 Media On Demand, iTunes On Demand, and join us every Thursday for Spotlight on Capitol Hill where we shine the light on members of Congress that are making a difference across the nation. Uh, Also, we ask you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and definitely uh, continue to keep the IRP6 uh, in your prayers. And again, they are David Banks, Gary Walker, Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, Dave Zappolo, and Clinton Stewart. Clip.
Yes, I want to say thank you to all of our callers, everyone in the chat room. Thank you for your questions and your comments and all of your support. Also to our production team, K&D Productions, Captain Kyle and Dustin Jackson, helping out El Skillers Girl in the control room, making sure you hear what it is that we have to say. And to our production support team, they give us accurate and up-to-date information so that we can send that information over to you. And we also want to say to the truth, we heard from you tonight. We appreciate your passion. We know you're out there always, and we appreciate that. Okay, and thank you, Cliff. And, folks, remember Renee Lima Marin we talked about earlier tonight. Remember him and his family and his wife, Jasmine, and their two children as they seek justice in this criminal justice system that is falling apart. And uh, we definitely need to address those issues. Uh, and uh, go out to change.org. You can sign the petition there for Renee Lima Marin. Uh, sign the petition, folks, that justice would be done in that situation. As we said earlier, we did, six, did 10 years on a 16-year sentence, uh, said a clerical error was made. They ended up, uh, after, him, after uh, Renee started a life for his family, uh, his wife, his two children, bought a home, kept working. They came back and said, oops, we made a mistake. You're going back for the remainder, for the entire 98 years. And we are asking that justice be done in that situation. Uh, also remember the RP6 petition. Go to RP6.com. Excuse me. Go to, go to freetherp6.com to learn more about the RP6. But go to change.org. Type in RP6 under the search, and you will see our petition there. We ask you to get involved. Share it, folks, with your friends on Facebook, on Twitter, everywhere you go. Uh, join this fight for justice as we continue to do the things necessary to bring justice to the world. And we're asking right now that we continue to fight for justice. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Lisa Stewart, Cliff Stewart, Dennis Merritt, to all of America and our listeners around the world, good night. We'll see you next time.
But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he has allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.